0: want to put a little plug in for we've given some of these away but uh, don't be afraid to try a different translation there's so many available now um, translation to the word and I remember when I was growing up it was only the King James that was it that's all we had and then the living Bible came out remember those green living Bibles and when (laughs) and when those came out (laughs) There was some fear involved with it. Like, is this okay? You know, is this okay? And we knew it was a paraphrase. That's what I heard. It's a paraphrase. It's not a true interpretation. Um, but it blessed me. And it was so good to read something that didn't have thee, thou, and all those things in there. And so when I, when this translation came out, somebody shared it with me. Um, and last year I talked about it, the Song of Solomon, remember? Man, that was, I cried through that whole thing. Well, it's accurately it's accurately named the Passion Translation. And how many of y'all know that God's revelation is continually unfolding with time? The closer we get to his return, the more he's revealing of himself to us, the more he's revealing to his church. And just like our praise and worship has evolved, I grew up in a church where the hymns were only saying the hymns. And the hymns are wonderful. I still love the hymns. There was a lot of revelation in the hymns. But the bride of Christ is being prepared by Holy Spirit to meet the bridegroom. And these wonderful songs that are coming by the Spirit, and you've experienced some of them years, not all these songs were... Written by somebody outside, it came by the Spirit. Some of these songs were spiritual songs that came through our praise and worship team. They blessed us, they brought revelation for now. That's what the prophetic word is. What is God's word for us now? And so we want to receive what God has for us now. Because that unveiling is taking place. And also, not only is God unveiling Jesus to Holy Spirit's unveiling Jesus to us. He's unveiling the bride. Amen? This is what this freedom is about. He's unveiling who his bride is. And when we realize what, you know, who we are as the bride of Christ, then, wow, he's coming. The Spirit and the bride says come. The Spirit and the bride says come. Jesus is coming back. I know we've heard a lot of prophetic stuff lately about the blood moons, about all of these things that are happening in the world right now. Hear from the Spirit of God for yourself and, and, and check it with your own spirits. You know, um, with Holy Spirit inside of you, I was talking this afternoon about, uh, about the Holy the, Our our conscience is our compass that God puts inside of us. To show us the way to go. But Holy Spirit is our GPS. How's that? (laughs) You know, and he's not the kind that says, turn here, turn there. I mean, he will say those things, but he's not going to make a mistake. I've gotten in some messes with my GPS before. (laughs) Saying, okay, turn on this street. And that end. But anyway... Holy Spirit has got it together. He knows the truth. He knows the way. And he's going to lead and guide his church. So the unveiling is taking place. I'm so excited because that's why this word is alive. And I'm not using... Here Here we go. This is what I grew up with right here. This word. It's alive. One time I was uh, reading my word. I had my Bible at the kitchen table. And my, one of my sons came through. And he said, why do you read that again and again again? <laughs> And I said, Mom, I said, I said, son, this word's alive. It it speaks every day to, to us. And besides that, Jesus is a living word, right? So open your hearts. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you that we're hearing tonight what you would have to say to the church, Holy Spirit. Jesus said, He who has ears to hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We just declare, just say this with me. I declare, I, declare. I, have, ears to hear I have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, Spirit is saying. to me. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So don't be afraid of this uh, translation. I'm going to talk uh, a little bit about it. Uh, and he brings some scriptures up. Um, who's who's hungry here tonight I'm, I'm gonna pass this on to one of these young ladies here and uh so hallelujah okay they were they're awesome i'll tell you these young women we have here are just incredible incredible our young people are incredible they are so, such a blessing to this body. And they're beautiful. Every one of them are beautiful. They're learning to be free. and They're free in the Spirit more than we are as adults. Believe me. We saw a little taste of that last night, didn't we? So, But hallelujah. We're getting freer all the time. That's what this is about, right? Okay, hallelujah. All right, I'm going to read some word um, to start with. Untitled this message... The truth is, have you ever heard, heard that said? Well, the truth is, well, I'm saying the truth is. <laughs> so uh, in John 8, 30 through 32, as he was saying these things, he was talking about the kingdom to the Jews, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, Key word believed if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there's some key words in there. As he was saying these things, many believed him. He came first to the Jews and uh, to the people of Israel. He came first. And he said that many times. But I tell you, when he came upon hungry people that were not, not Jews, he, he filled their needs. He never turned anyone down that was hungry. Many of the, those that came around, and the Syrophoenician woman and the centurion and different ones that were not Jewish, uh, they were hungry people, though. Are you hungry? Okay, praise God. All right. I talked some about this afternoon about being a seeker and how important that was to be a continual seeker of God. And uh, you'll never be disappointed. You may have to persevere and wait for some things because he doesn't just unveil everything at once. We can handle it. Just like his parables that he told. Not everyone. It blew some people away. They, They didn't understand it. But to those seekers who were seeking the truth, it was unveiled to them, the stories of the, par- the parables that he told. I'm going to talk a little bit about who I am. Some of you all know me and some of you don't. Um, I talked about my salvation experience at six years of age and the journey that I've been on all my life. You know, God takes us through seasons in our life. Seasons, seasons, seasons. Seasons of uh, where we're raising children. Seasons, you know, Kaylin described her season of finding a mate. Um, seasons of uh, job or career experiences that we're going through. Se- seasons of uh, schooling. Uh, don't ever resent those times you go through because it is a journey that takes us to God. And we learn about God in those seasons, in those journeys that we take with him. I had seasons while I was a nurse for 33 years, a registered nurse. Um, and, uh, and then God took me out of that season where I was caring for parents and uh, elderly parents. And so he uh, gave me the grace to, to, he took me through that. I, had, I believed God that I would be able to uh, take care of my parents and honor them in their, la- in their latter days and uh, that I would get to be there and they would not have to be in a nursing home. I know that's necessary sometimes. But this is what I believed God for. And he honored my request. And, and my brother and I got to be with both of our parents while, while they uh, went, in, went on to be in heaven. They were wonderful, tremendous Christian people who I am just so blessed to have had as parents. I was always, I always felt loved. Um, I, I didn't, uh, they were, they just had to say a word to me usually to correct me. They didn't have to use the, the paddle or anything. I remember one time I got a paddling for covering myself with mud. <laughs> and my brother and I decided we were going to cover ourselves with blood, with mud. And so I got a paddling that time. But um, most of the time, all it took was a word. Because I loved them, I wanted to please them. They never spoke harsh words to me. I don't ever remember a harsh word coming out of either one of their mouths. It was just, I was really blessed to have the parents that I had. So then I got married. uh, And uh, I've been married for 51 years Um. And uh, we've we've had our journey and our walk with the Lord for those I've been in, in covenant with the same man for for 51 years, and we've had our ups and our downs through the Navy, through uh, him being in the submarine service, two, uh, three sons born t- to us, and two of them while we were still in the service during the uh, Vietnam War, and uh, but always God has blessed us. Um, we went through some tough times um, you know we 're still in that now we 're in a season in our life where we 're older I'm, i turned seventy years old this this year and and uh, we 've got some challenges we 're facing right now, but God is walking us through those challenges, and uh, he 's going to continue to um, i have full my husband and I both have full faith and trust in our God as our provider, our healer. And he is our covenant God. And he never lets us go. Hallelujah. All right, so raising three boys was quite a challenge. Um, they were all teenagers at one time. And, you know, um, appetites. I'm going to talk a little bit. i want to talk a little bit about appetites because they can chow down. And it was a challenge to keep food on the table during those years. And uh, there was some fights that went on over food. Um, who ate the last bowl of cereal? Who ate, who ate the last chip? You ate all those chips? You ate all... I mean, it was continual. It was continual uh, kind of a competition for food. And I had to always serve my husband first, so he would get some food. So... But they learn to, and they still do, they learn to eat like this. (laughs) They protected their food. They still eat that way, don't they? I've got two daughter-in-laws here. They still eat that way. Oh, my word. Well, now they've got children of their own, and they don't want them to get their food. Have Have you ever noticed that men don't like to share their food? You see women, oh, here, you know always, they come to the woman, always a woman, give them a bite of this, a bite of that, a baby, you know, a child, oh yeah, I mean, that's just the way we're made up, isn't it? But men don't want to share their food. They don't even want to share it with with the wives. Because I'll go into a restaurant sometime and I'll say, can I have a taste of your food? And I get this look, like, I'll give you a taste of mine, you know, if you'll give me a taste of yours. (laughs) They just don 't like to share, <laughs> but anyway, at our fiftieth wedding anniversary, our children put on a wonderful um, oh, just celebration, and a lot of the church people came our family church family came to our celebration our fiftieth wedding anniversary and um, so they asked us some questions and uh, they asked uh, they asked asked uh, my husband they said uh, what do you like most about your wife that my son was kind of being the mc of this what do you what do you like most about your about candy and he said her cooking <laughs> i was hoping he was going to say my sexy body but he didn't <laughs> anyway so I have been a cook. I love to cook. When I, we first got married, I was I was a pitiful cook. And, uh, and I did a little bit of cooking with my mom, but not, I didn't watch her do a lot of things. And so we were really not, we didn't have very much money. So I decided I was going to cook a pot of beans because he told me he liked beans. So I put the beans in the pot. And uh, when he came home, he start, he just was digging into them, you know, digging into those beans crunch, crunch, crunch. And um, he said, did you wash these beans? And I said, I didn't know they had to be washed. I thought they were like spaghetti and you didn't have to wash them. I never did know. And he was eating rocks and dirt and everything else. So, I've come a long way in my cooking experience. So, um, and I love to watch the Food Network. A lot of y'all have Eating some of my food, and uh, and so it's just it's a part of my life. I like to I like to feed people, right, Christina? Okay. Uh, and and I like for them to enjoy my food. And so uh, tonight, I thought that I would talk about two hungry women. I'm going to talk about Mary and Martha. I love this story of Mary and Martha. Um, the scripture about Mary and Martha, there's, you know, Mary, Martha, Lazarus lived together. Lazarus, they were sisters and brother. So we didn't hear any spouses in, the, in there, but Lazarus, they apparently were very well known in Jerusalem in that area. They were well liked. And, and uh, but they welcomed Jesus Jesus. Um, and and just to look at the scripture the first scripture and Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem as they continued on their way to Jerusalem they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home so Martha must have owned the home that's the idea I get um, from this scripture I don't know that for a fact but that's the idea I get It says, Martha welcomed Jesus and the disciples into her home. And so um, it says, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what Jesus taught. Now I'm going to digress here just a little bit and say, do you know what the Jewish culture was in that time as far as women were concerned? They were not allowed to have any part in the synagogue except the upper balcony where it was a, it was the uh where the women sat and they could listen some to what was going on but they weren't allowed within the synagogue in the middle where all the men were teaching and talking and and uh doing those things the women had to be on the outskirts uh, the court of women they call it farther out was a court of gentiles so they the gentiles were non-jews basically all non-jews and so they were kind of on the outskirts. They were not allowed to speak. Um, they were really not taught other than what their husbands taught them or um, what they heard in the synagogue. The reason they were on the outskirts is because um, women were considered unclean. In, in the certain times of the month, they were considered unclean, and they had to stay away from everyone. I don't know if you remember the story. I'm sure you do. Of the woman with the issue of blood. It was totally forbidden for her to be even out in public. Apparently, that blood came, I mean, she was just in a constant state of issuing that blood that was coming. And so she was considered unclean, and they had to go through a ritual cleansing bath even after uh, their monthly cycle. So she was in jeopardy of being stoned to death by coming to Jesus. At that time. So you can imagine the fear that she felt, but she had that persistence that she was going to get to him and touch. She knew he, she was unclean. She shouldn't even be touching his garments, but she came to Jesus. Here we go. Jesus wore a tallit, maybe not exactly like this. This is called a Jewish prayer cloth. These represent the, the commandments of God. She knew that, that if she could just touch that little fringe down there, she would be healed. And so she creeped through the crowd. We, heard, we know the story. it has been told a lot of times, but I just love it. Because that woman was determined, just like some of you have been today, to get what God has for you. And so he, she came through the crowd... She determined she was going to do that. She walked. She crawled literally through the crowd to get to Jesus and they were thronging jesus and and she just went she reached down for this this fringe at the bottom of his his prayer shawl and he felt virtue he felt the life go through him to that woman, and so he He turned around and said what he said who touched me of course the disciples they say my word the crowds coming on you you know right and left so how do you what are you saying and he turned around and she was fear and trembling because she knew that she could be stoned to death but jesus in his wonderful compassion said your faith has made you whole And so, I want us to have a picture tonight of Jesus and and His elevation of women. How He cared and He elevated women out of the place uh, where they have been uh, persecuted and put in that place. So that, I wasn't going to go there, but I just had to touch on that. Okay, so... We're, we're we're thinking now. Here's here's Martha and Mary, and Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet, and and the disciples were all gathered around, around, and it was really probably she could have been criticized for even listening, you know, wanting to to receive from Jesus, but there she was. She felt that compassion that he had and acceptance that she had. And here's Martha. And I've been Martha. Have you been Martha? I've been Mary and I've been Martha. But I can still be Martha when there's something going on about in our house where we're having a celebration, Thanksgiving or whatever. I can still be you know, really busy and not just about cooking food. This isn't just about that. But Martha was wanting to serve. That was the women 's role at that time. They wanted to they served that 's what they did and, and, and you know they didn't uh, I was thinking about their times and, and that they had they had to make their own fires. they had to have pots that they cooked in over the fires. they had to grind their own grain uh, and we get disturbed when our microwave doesn't work right, or you know what I'm saying. It, I mean, we have no we have no uh, idea how that would have been to be in that situation. And there she has twelve men there to serve. I just served four men, and it overwhelmed me at times. But she was, and she didn't have any. Conveniences. So she was saying, how am I going to feed these men? How am I going to feed them? Oh my word, Jesus is here. I want to feed them. I want to make sure that they know that they're fed and that, that they're welcome and all this. And there she is just going. I can just see it because I felt that way before at times. Uh, she's just busy running from place to place. And there Mary sits in front of Jesus. And I can just see her. And I can just see her walking up to... To Jesus and saying, she's going to get Jesus on her side. You know, she thinks she's going to get him on her side. And so, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And so, okay. Okay. So well, there's Martha. She's gonna get Jesus on her side, you know. She's gonna get her to get Mary up off her rear and get her in the kitchen and helping me and all this kind of stuff. So here's Jesus. I want you to see what he says to her. He calls her My Dear Martha. Now this is this is a the translation that I you know, my dear Martha. You're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken from her. Wow. Are you hungry? <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, there Mary sat at Jesus' feet, glued to his face, listening to every word. Like I said, women weren't allowed to sit in the place of learning at that time. And we can see, just picture this whole scene. There, there Martha is frantically running around. She comes to get Jesus on her side. And don't you know she was probably flabbergasted when Jesus said... Martha, but he called her dear Martha now I'm going to take up for Martha because Martha learned about Jesus she didn't keep moving in the same she, she, it penetrated, that word penetrated her because later on you'll see how she, she knew he was the Messiah when Lazarus passed and she, she was the first one to run out and meet Jesus, Martha was not Mary so Martha learned her lesson Okay, so she was in her place. Martha thought she was in her place to serve. And uh, I could just feel that boiling up inside of her, you know, because sometimes I've been frantically working in my doing things, and I could just, why doesn't somebody help me? Get over here and help me, you know, kind of thing. We've all been there, so uh, with Martha. I can relate to Martha a lot. And there Jesus was, so peaceful, sharing his love, looking Mary in the eye, sharing his knowledge. Uh, And so he says, and this is another translation, this is a passion translation, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing, most important by choosing the most excellent place to sit here at my feet she's undistracted and I won't take this privilege away from her have you been in that place where you're so distracted that you you don't, you don't sit at Jesus feet you don't seek him out for that personal relationship that he so, so wants to give all of us. I know I have. I've been at times very distracted, and, I, and but we're missing out. So what does it look like to sit at Jesus' feet? You know what? We've been doing it here some, have we not? Um, but then there's a time we should have where it's just you and him. I don't think that Mary worried about the disciples and what they thought. She was just ready with her eyes glued on Jesus to take in, drink in his love, to drink in the knowledge that he was imparting. And he took note of Mary. He didn't ignore her and talk to the the disciples. He took note of Mary. All the disciples were surrounding him. Mary was sitting at his feet. Connecting with him, looking in his eyes, that, was just, that just had to be been an incredible experience. And learning who she is. But so was Martha. So how do we draw aside? How do we do this? How do we sit at Jesus' feet and do- draw from the distractions of life? It has to be an intentional thing. We find a place and a time, and we ask Holy Spirit to show us Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit's role is to reveal Jesus to us. That's Holy Spirit's role. That's why we so desperately... You know, I always... We were talking about this the other day. Somebody asked why I say... Instead of saying the Holy Spirit, I, I say Holy Spirit. Because He's a person. And we don't say the God or the Jesus... He's our personal Holy Spirit. And so I like to... I don't always remember that, but I like to refer Him in that way. And so I'm going to explain to you a little bit. Um, let me read John 16:12 through 15. This is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we desperately need Holy Spirit to show us Jesus. And so there is much more I'd like to say to you. This is Jesus talking to disciples before he's uh, crucified, but, but, but it's more than you can grasp at the moment. You know, sometimes God says things to us, he, he will only say so much because we, we can't grasp it, you know. But he says, it's more than you can grasp at the moment, but when the truth giving spirit comes, He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. And he will reveal and speak to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. So I'm going to tell you a little story without reading the whole scriptures, because I don't want to continue to to, uh, take a whole lot of time. But the role of the Holy Spirit, uh, after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, uh, the story of the two disciples that were going to, on the road to Emmaus, uh, seven miles from Jerusalem. Jesus had been resurrected. There was the women. The women went to the tomb to serve, to prepare the body, and all that. Um, and the, the disciples were told by the women... Uh, What had happened, these two happened to be on the road to Emmaus. And so, as they talked and discussed these things about Jesus' death, Jesus himself came alongside of them. But their eyes were veiled. They didn't see Jesus. Um, And so, they talked and discussed these things. Jesus said, why are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they said... Haven't you heard what happened? Haven't you heard how this prophet, they call him a prophet, uh, was crucified? It was Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet, who did powerful miracles and was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. So... There Jesus was in the midst of them, and he was kind of prompting them. Uh, and then he said, they talked about the women, said that Jesus said the tomb was empty. And, uh, and his body was missing, and they had seen angels and all these things. And uh, he said, some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, the body was gone, just as the women had said. And Jesus said to them, you foolish people, do you find it so hard to believe that all, what all the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer? And Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open. Jesus, they had watched him break bread before, and when he broke the bread, their eyes were open. Hallelujah, Because they, rec- they recognized what he did when he was with them and, and their eyes were opened. And then he disappeared. And they said to, uh, to him, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Didn't our hearts burn within us? And so the Lord was showing me how... Jesus was showing what Holy Spirit does when he comes alongside of us and he reveals Jesus to us and our eyes are veiled our eyes are veiled but when the Holy Spirit comes and we're reading the word or we're asking the Lord to to uh we're asking Holy Spirit to show us Jesus and we read the word Jesus is a living word we read the word Holy Spirit illuminates and shows us Jesus. He illuminates it. Hallelujah. Okay, so Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. We don't know everything. When we start digging in the Word, it's hard sometimes to get, to get started really falling in love with the Word and opening the Word. Now, I know us that teach Maybe have a more of a hunger to do that to dig out the nuggets in there that that uh, are are buried in this uh, word and that but Holy Spirit is there to unveil it to us, so we have no excuse <laughs> we have no excuse to see Jesus, do we because he 's the living word he 's the bread of life, so as we, what I really wanted to share to that tonight was, I want, are you hungry? Are you hungry for this bread? Okay, then let's partake. Let's partake of the living bread. Let's, and, and, and we're going to look at how that, happen, how that happens, what happens. I told you that Holy Spirit comes alongside to reveal us Jesus. When we first start the word, we don't understand it. Our eyes are veiled. But then, gradually, what happened with the, with the disciples is he showed them the prophecy of the Messiah. He, sh- he, he illuminated the word for them. And then all of a sudden their eyes were open. and that's what happens to us when we sit at the feet of Jesus. When we, when we read this word, we draw aside. We, we may include worship and prayer in that um, until we open our spirit because we receive from our spirit person. We receive from there. And, and And then, our mind begins to be transformed. We open our hearts and and then holy we thank holy Spirit thank you for illuminating this word to me thank for thank you for making jesus real to me you 're the life giving the truth giving spirit thank you for making it real to me and then we spend time reading we read and we ask Holy Spirit to reveal jesus to us and we and we, when we, you know, it's hard at first, because like the disciples, they just went on and on and on. Uh, but they didn't see Jesus uh, until their eyes were unveiled. That's the Holy Spirit's role, to unveil our eyes, okay? And then the, the Word not, doesn't stop there. Then the Word begins to produce fruit in our lives. Then the Holy Spirit can produce a likeness of Jesus in our lives. He can, he can begin to, to uh, we begin to produce fruit of righteousness in our lives. And things will, it does, it's a process, just like what's been told in these wonderful messages our, our ladies have brought. It's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. It, it happens in the process of, of just continuing to go back. So it's not a ritual. Don't make it a ritual. Commit to it, but don't make it a ritual. You know, make it something that's alive to you. And then, when you begin to see things, you're going to get excited. Because it's just like going treasure hunting. And you, but it's, this is a, a treasure that is eternal. It's not a piece of gold and dug out of the ground. But it is nuggets of gold. <laughs> anyway, so I will find out who he is and who I am. Hallelujah. Who he is first, and then who I am. You know, Simon Peter. Remember the, the passage. Um, Jesus said, "Who do you say that I am?" The disciples, "Who do you say I am?" Simon Peter said, "You're the Messiah. Some say you're. You know, it says somebody's Elijah. Some a prophet. But who do you you say I am?" And Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock. Okay? So Jesus, Peter sees who Jesus is, the Messiah, son of the living God. And then Jesus says, this is who you are. This is who you are, Peter. Now, Peter went ahead and denied Jesus, didn't he? But you know what? Peter was still the rock. Hallelujah. And then he says, on this rock, I'll build my church. Hallelujah. On this revelation of who I am, not just who I am, of who you are. See what I'm saying? It's not just who he is. It's who you are with him living inside of you. I feel the anointing man. This is so awesome. Okay, hallelujah. Is this making sense to everybody? I mean, is this, Are you receiving what truths are here? Because I tell you, this blessed me so much. I want to read uh, one more scripture. Because freedom... It's, it's who I am, freedom, who you are, who God has created you to be. You know, we get all this coverage of stuff on us, of oppression, of hurts, of, and it covers up who we really are in Christ. And God wants to transform us. And by the renewing of our mind through this word, through him renewing us to who he is and who we are. That's how he's going to build our, build the church. Is revealing the bride. Revealing the body of Christ and who we are. Okay, let me find this real quick. Okay, I'm reading from the Passion Translation and then we're going we're gonna to pray because it's getting later. Are you all good? I mean, you good? Are you receiving? Because I just want to tell you, are you hungry? Stay hungry, okay? All right, John. The first chapter in the Passion translation. I'm gonna. I'm not ready to put up any scriptures yet. Um, this is. Uh, I'm gonna start reading the first verse. Now, this is just awesome. I cry almost every time I read it. I'm. I hope I won't. i crying now. But in the very beginning, God was already there, and before His face was His living expression, and this living expression was with God yet fully God. They were there together, face to face. In the very beginning and through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him, for his life is the light of all, for all humanity. And this living expression, Jesus, the living expression of who God is, this living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. Then suddenly a man appeared who was sent out from God's presence, the messenger named John, for he came to be a witness, to point the way to the light of life, and to help everyone believe. John wasn't that light, but he who came to show who is for he, but he came to show who is the light, for he was merely a messenger sent to speak the truth about the light. For the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For the light of truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. The Creator entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to be the ver- to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. Now, can you put twelve up there i don 't know if you've got that one. Okay, that starts eleven. okay, for the light of truth. Let's see. Where are we? But, okay, here we go. But to those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given the authority to become who they really are. Hear it? Hear it? The sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. 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 That those who took hold of his name were given the authority to become who they really are. Freedom, it's who I am. Oh my word, this just blew my socks off. I pray that it will just get through. It's the freedom to be who I am. Those who embraced him and took hold of his name we're given the authority to become who they really are the sons of god is our praise and worship team still around so we're winding this up people i just feel so blessed myself y'all have been awesome to hang in there are you receiving this truth are you, are you receiving freedom are you staying, are you gonna stay hungry? Are you gonna to continue to seek seek this bread? Break this bread open. Break it open and let Holy Spirit illuminate. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, what do you having to? We may be winding this up, but I, I want you to stay lit up, okay? <laughs> Amen. Amen.